Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Um, I am going to be reading from um, something a little bit different today, and that is from, uh, from Scripture, is from the, um, what is called the First Nations Version. This is a um, translation of the New Testament that was um, put together with um, people, um, Native Americans and and other indigenous groups across uh, various groups to put together and translate uh, the Bible um, from um, an indigenous standpoint. So um, I've heard a lot about it and I actually ordered it just a few weeks ago. So I decided I wanted to read a text from it. So here, the word of God um, this morning. As they journeyed on, they went to a village where a woman named Headwoman, or Martha, gave them lodging at her house. Her sister, healing tears, Mary, who lived with her, sat next to the creator, sets free, Jesus, on the floor, listening to his teaching. Headwoman was distracted, trying to get the meal ready for the honored guests. When she saw healing tears sitting down, she walked up to Creator Sets Free and said, Wisdom Keeper, do you not care that my sister has left me to work alone? Tell her to help me. Headwoman, oh headwoman, he said, I know things worry and trouble you but you must set your heart on one thing that matters. This is what healing tears has done, and it will not be taken from her. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, we have all been there at one time or another. We like to say that we are busy with work. And when I say busy, I mean we are really, really busy. And we are focused on trying to get a job done, and we're stressed about how the tax will be completed. And all the while, we can look around and we see people standing next to us, and we like to think they aren't doing anything. And here we are trying to get everything done. All they seem to be doing is just sitting around, doing pretty much nothing. And we want to say to ourselves, and we do say to ourselves, I'm up to my eyeballs and stuff to do. And all of these people are doing basically nothing. Now this is a, we live in a culture where basically We like to complain about being busy. In fact, 
in some ways we like to be busy. It's a sign that either we care or that we are engaged or it makes us feel good. And the thing about our addiction to busyness is that it isn't good enough for us to be busy. No, 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 no. We have to let others know how busy we are. And when that, when people don't realize how busy we are, when we tell them how busy we are, we get resentful. Now, most of the time, our desire to be busy actually comes from a good place. It is not coming from some place that is bad. We want to do the right thing in our lives. We want to do things that are important. We want to do things like helping the less fortunate, or we want to do a good job at work, or we may even want to move you know, a church to a new location. But the fact is, even in a, in a sinful world that is filled with sinful people, even the noblest jester can be corrupted. And I will admit this morning that I can be very much this kind of person. And I get busy doing things, and I get really sometimes resentful when I don't think, and I think that's the operative word there, anyone else isn't doing them as well. This kind of busyness in our, in our culture, the way that we act in, in many ways is a distract, it's basically all about distraction. Because we, when we focus on getting a task done, at the same time, we can take our eyes off the ball. And that has consequences. You know, the easiest way, of course, to think about this is distracted driving. We can be busy looking at our phones or on our phones. And let's admit, we've all done that at some point or another. And of course, the danger is you end up in an accident an accident that damages people's lives. The today's text can be one that can be taken sometimes in a wrong way. Um, sometimes it is about kind of supporting, I guess, in a way that could be taken as very sexist. Of course, that is not what is happening here. Because really what this is all about is about discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? How do we respond to following Jesus? And it's also about holding things in tension. Because what Jesus says here is not something that is easily resolved. They are, it is a tension. So, Martha, she is working to be the best host, and she wants to welcome Jesus fully. Jesus is coming in to visit, 
she wants to be a good guest. And this is not a bad decision. I mean, she wants to show Jesus proper hospitality. And that's something important to remember because so many times we all want to do the right things in life. And so we do different things. We, we volunteer in different organizations, feeding the hungry, for, for example. Or maybe you take part in some type of a protest, so maybe a protest against police brutality. When there are things to be done, people are there. That is important. And it's important in our faith because, of course, our faith is not simply what we say. It is, it is also what we do and how we treat others. When things go sideways is when we think that other, when we start to kind of are so focused on ourselves that then we also are focused on that other person and thinking they should be doing what we're doing. And we get blind to the notion that we aren't always even also called to be active all times. Sometimes God isn't always calling us to do something. Sometimes God is calling us to sit and to take in what God is saying to us at that moment. And this was what Mary was doing. She took the time to sit down and listen to Jesus. And as a side note, in what she was doing in some ways was also very radical. Because sitting and listening in that culture to a rabbi was considered, was something that, was, was that men did, not women. And yet, here's Mary. She is sitting and hanging on to Jesus' every word. Now, of course, we've all been talking just about busyness and about Martha, so what do you think Martha is feeling right now? Resentful. She is upset that Mary is sitting around with Jesus and there's still a whole lot of work to do. And so then she decides to complain to Jesus. And so, of course, Jesus responds. And the response is very Jesus-like, which means it's interesting. He doesn't really rebuke Martha or tell her or kind of choose her out or whatever, but she does, he does point out that she is distracted. She's not focused on the one thing and that Mary has chosen the better part. It's interesting the passage never says what that one thing is, but I think we can guess. Jesus is still on the way towards Jerusalem. He is on the way to facing his arrest, his trial, and his death. He is telling Martha that Mary right now is focused on the thing that matters, him, himself, to learn from Jesus because time for him was short. She was taking, Mary was taking the time to know who Jesus was. And that meant something to Jesus because he knew his time was limited. And he wanted Martha to understand that too, that time, there wasn't much time. He needed, she needed to sit down and listen to what God was saying. 
So was Martha doing the wrong thing? No. The problem wasn't a problem of action. It was a problem of focus. The focus was not on Jesus. She was busy doing work for Jesus, but she wasn't focused on Jesus. Mary and Martha basically are two sides of a coin. And they represent how we as Christians are to live in the world. That one half is that type, that type of, where Mary represents, is that type of understanding and taking in scripture, having a prayer life, having those spiritual practices, going to Bible study. It is getting grounded in the faith. Martha, in many ways, represents the action. You have this grounding, but of course, the proof of the pudding is how we act on what we have heard. And Martha is the kind of person that wants to do something. And she wants to do that, in this case, for the kingdom of God. Both of these people are important. It is not a case of which one is more important than the other. That's why I said they are held in tension. You need both. If you don't have both, you're in, you're in trouble. We have to give thanks to the Marthas of the church that remind us of things such as injustice or even, even to be hospitable to those who are, welcome, are strangers in our midst. But we also need to give thanks for the Marys in the life of the church, the people who lead the Bible studies, the people who try to engage in daily prayer because, of course, they provide the grounding. They provide the why we are doing what we are doing. And that's important. Because if you only focus on, let's say, the action, like Martha, then you're going to end up flustered and not really worth anything spiritually to anyone. There are a lot of people in our world that are focused and involved in doing things and are part of the life of the church, but they don't have anything to root them. And so they easily get distracted. They easily get worn out. The other side of that, though, is also dangerous. Because you can sit at Jesus' feet and sometimes ignore the suffering of the world. Last week, we looked at the parable of the Good Samaritan. And of course, there, we, we learned about people who were at least supposedly well-studied, understood the scripture, and yet, when there was someone in need standing, or in this case, lying in front of them, they didn't respond. I may have shared this before, but one of the things, I remember a class I took um, in college, and one of the assignments was to read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass, um, the great emancipator. And of course, he was enslaved 
And he wrote that autobiography about that time of enslavement. And one of the things, I don't always remember much from the book, but this is the one thing that I remember, I still remember it now 30 years later. For whatever reason, he is being whipped by the slave master. And all the while that he is being punished brutally, he quotes Bible verses. Sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning is important. But if that does not push you to act like Jesus, to pursue acts of charity and justice, then we are walking on very dangerous ground. The good news here is that if we are focused on Jesus, if we are grounded in the Savior, then we might be able to steer clear of those Scylla and Charbonuses that are in our world that can bring us to ruin. Of course, we are going to, at some point, fall prey to that. But there is also grace and there is also forgiveness. Right now, our congregation is busy going through stuff. We are getting rid of things, we are packing up. And as I have definitely learned in the last few weeks and have all many of you, it takes a lot to move a church. And all of that causes stress. And amid all the worry about what's gonna happen even though once we move. It is easy to be involved in good work, but we have to remember, we have to be grounded, and the reason we want to be grounded is to remember who are we doing this for. A few years ago, when First Christian decided to be welcoming um, to LGBTQ people, I wrote a column, um, and it's something that I wanted, I thought was, what are we being inclusive for? Because we're not being inclusive just to be inclusive. And I think for me, of course, speaking as someone who is gay, the reason we do this is because we are people of the table. We believe in that everyone is welcome to God's table. Not our table, but to God's table. And we want to welcome everyone in the same way that Jesus welcomed people to bring them into the life of the Savior. And so that is what I hope that as first, as a, a congregation, we can be and will continue to be, is a church that is rooted in our spiritual practices, in reading the Bible, in prayer, in coming to worship and taking part in communion and those things that help us to have a relationship with, with God and to grow and also to be a church that then takes what we learn to go out to welcome those that are on the margins to connect with people in our community to welcome those have been considered outcasts. Both of these elements make up discipleship. 
And I hope that as we move forward as a congregation, as we move to a new location, that we will live up to the name of who we are in our tradition, the name of our tradition, the disciples of Christ. So, read the Bible. Pray daily. And there are a lot of resources out there that can help you. And if you have any questions, let me know. Mary chose the better part, and that's important, and we should too. And once we have sat at the feet of Jesus, then we need to go out and live that faith. Jesus calls us not to get caught up in the busyness, but to sit at his feet and learn, and then to go out and care for those that Jesus cared for. This is not a time to be distracted. Let us be focused. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.